Hey, welcome. Welcome home. I know I say this every week and probably will never stop saying it because I want it to get into our heads. And uh, that's for those who are watching online as well. We hope that at some stage you'll be able to be in the room with us. And, and can I suggest to you that you begin to make plans? I know plans change uh, and all of that sort of stuff. We planned to be snowmobiling and snowboarding and skiing all of last week. Um, what I didn't count on was that ski resorts close down when it's cold. Who'd have thought that? And that uh, plastic things break and batteries discharge in, uh, in the extreme cold. But there you go. Plans change, don't they? But we had a good time, as Dee D earlier said. But welcome home. Happy New Year and welcome home, both to those in the room and online. Plan to be here when you can, if possible. At the end of my preaching, I'm going to pray a bit, and then we're actually going to take communion together. So hopefully everyone in the room will have received uh, the little cup, which I have so much difficulty with every single time. So today, again, I've prepared. I've already started the ripping off just to help me, because last time it took me about five minutes and a lot of noise. But if you're online, then make sure you grab communion for yourself so that we can all take that together. We got back from the lake yesterday, and it was a stunning break, despite you know everything changing and having to uh, adapt, pivot on our plans because of the cold and because of certain things. It was a beautiful setting, uh, and lots of fun as well. We, we loaded up, to the, no exaggeration, to the roof, two cars, presents, food, people, Animals, yep, animals, not animal. We now have two pets. We have a rabbit, a rabbit whose cage takes up more space in the car than anything else. Um, loaded it all up, food, ski gear, uh, snowmobile on the trailer, and uh, did the same coming home. And it was a lot of work packing the car. But as we, as we fell through the door, Last night as we got home, there was a collective sigh. <sighs> We're home. You see, that's what church should feel like. As we, some of us, as we walk through the door on a Sunday, it's almost like we collapse over the doorway because of the week we've had. And we feel like we're walking in and at last... The smell, the feel, the noise, the sound, the people make this home. This isn't an event that we turn up to once a week. This is a home that we belong in. And I want to say that our welcome, our welcome home is not just for the guests. It's not just for those of you. You may be here for the first or second time. Our welcome is not just for you. It is for each and every person that walks through the door and says, I'm home. And some of those people that say that are first-time guests who transition to not being guests anymore, but being those that belong. So welcome home. Are you ready to come around the Word of God today? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your Word. I thank you 
that we are home. I thank you for every single person that is in this room, is watching online, maybe even watching later on in the week. God, I pray that what I have to say today will impact them. Maybe even one or two phrases will haunt people for the rest of the week. As they begin to think on your word. Not my words, but your word, God. I pray for those that hear my voice, that they will hear your voice. I pray that those that listen, that don't know you yet, God, will make a decision to follow you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. I'm not scared. What a beautiful day. Oh, look, some long, wavy grass. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Can't go around it. That's it. I'm going home. It's triggered me. I'm going home. See, I don't know if you've heard that story, the poem before. It's a really well-known kid's poem. We're going on a bear hunt. The problem is, it wouldn't be an entertaining story if it finished there, would it? But unfortunately, that's how many of us live our life of faith. We get excited. We're going on a bear hunt. Oh, an obstacle. Going home now. That's not what we were called to. Or maybe, maybe you've heard, I'm bored. We've thought it or said it ourselves. and Most of us want adventures but we actually want to play it safe. We want to go on a bear hunt without the bears and without the grass and without the snow and without the mud and without the forest. But then it's not a bear hunt. It's sitting in your living room. See, when you've experienced something, living less can bring frustration. And maybe you're in this room or watching online and you're experiencing frustration. Now, not all frustration is that, but when you've experienced more, living less than causes frustration. Has anyone ever traveled first class or business class? I'm not going to ask because everyone will look at you and go, oh, it's all right for them. Once I had the privilege, I had a friend that worked for an airline and he got us, he got us tickets to go from the UK to Washington to visit a friend. and We traveled first class. We walked in. Well, actually, we didn't wait with you ordinary people. <laughs> we waited in the first class lounge where they brought us drinks and said, would you like some more food, sir? And we walked in, and when you ordinary people turn right, we turned left. We walked down, and there was our cabin thing, and they said, would you like some pajamas, sir? Yes, please. I tried to act as if I was always there. You know, you know, when you're in that situation, you're like, yeah, I'm used to this. I'm used to this. Would you like your bed set out now, sir, or shall we leave it till later? Oh, I think I'll have my food first. And every time after that, you walk in the plane and you look longingly left. <laughs> I want to be there, not with you ordinary people in the right but when you've experienced more, it's tough living less, isn't it? When we live with safety in mind, 
It causes us frustration. Years ago, Dee was telling me when she was a teacher and she looked at some research and schools, many schools in the UK, I don't think they would have done it here because teachers and education departments aren't quite as stupid as they are in the UK. Um, They tried to get rid of most uneven surfaces in schools and playgrounds. And thinking that it was going to help the kids be safe, what they realized then was because everything was flat and there was no uneven surfaces, all the stabilizer muscles weren't forming correctly in kids' legs. And so thinking it was going to be safer actually caused problems with children's mobility and stability. The past past few weeks, past few months, I've had the privilege of being on some incredible adventures. And over my life, I've had the privilege of being able to do that as well. And, you know, when you think about children, children don't wait for adventures. There's a curiosity in them, and they go on adventures. If they can't go out in the minus 45 If they can't go out, then they'll create adventures. I was speaking to to Eric, one of our board members, and he said he was with his grandchildren, and they said to him, Granddad, can you come downstairs and build a fort? So he went downstairs, and he built a fort, and then he went back upstairs, but that wasn't enough. He said, Granddad, can you come down? I'm tired, as Eric would say. But they said, no, Granddad, can you come down? We need you to be the evil Granddad. I want to be the nice one. But they wanted adventure. Even in the safety of their own home, they wanted adventure. We love to watch our children play and watch them engage with adventures. They don't wait for it. They engage with them and they go on adventures. Do we wait? When do we lose that as adults? Do we become sensible? I'm sensible now. I'm wearing a sensible jacket. We become sensible and we become safe and we become secure and we lose an adventurous spirit. And we stop going on adventures. We stop going on bear hunts. Apart from Ben Abramoff and Tim and a few of the other guys, We all love, we grow up with adventure stories, the bear hunt. We love Narnia. We love Lord of the Rings. We love the famous five and all of those other adventure stories. When did we stop? Children don't want to settle down. They want to go exploring, or as our kids used to say, go exploring. They're naturally curious. What have you settled for in your life? Have you settled for security and in place of adventure? You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make us safe. He died so that we might live life to the full. So are you looking? Are we looking for safe and secure? I'm not just talking about you as an individual. I'm talking about us as a church. Because we can be adventurous and we have some incredible adventurers. I love talking to people about their their snowmobile trips and their trekking and their hunting and all of that sort of stuff. But 
out there have we, have we, are we adventurous out there? But in here, we've become safe and secure, and we've lost adventure. When you read Narnia, there's an incredible quote, and I love it so much. And the beaver, Mr. Beaver is talking to Lucy. She's, Mr. Beaver, safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he ain't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And they're talking about Aslan. He's not safe, but he is good. Have we made God safe? Have we made God in our own safety conscious image? Maybe we haven't made God safe, but have we... Have we, or do we have the mistaken concept that God wants us to be safe? See, I don't believe that this is a place, this home is a place to settle in. Yes, home is a place where we settle, but it's a place where we go adventuring from. He wants our lives to be an adventure. How? I want, and if you're taking notes, or maybe if you, even if you're not taking notes, grab your phone right now because I want you to get this down. I want you to ask yourself this question. How can we really encounter a living, creative, loving God who flung the stars into space and settled for safety? Let me read that again. How can we really encounter a living, creative, loving God who flung the stars into space and yet settled for safety. See, Jesus left us, among other things, but these things are so vital for us to encounter. I would say, I would say on a daily basis. He left us three things when he returned to his Father. He left us his body. That's the church. That's us. That's the community. Not an event on a Sunday, but a community that we belong in. You see, he wants us to have a, a daily encounter with his body. Maybe that's just a phone call or a text or a, or a group, a circle group, or Sunday service. But are we encountering or do we come in and go home? And, and nothing happens between Sunday to Sunday. You see, we have to have an encounter with the body of Jesus. He left us his word. Yes, Jesus himself is the word, but he left us the word, the written word. Are we having a daily encounter with the word of God? I'll talk a bit more about that later on. But also his Holy Spirit. He left us his body, his word and his Holy Spirit. Do we have a daily encounter? Is that something that we've pushed to the side because we've seen or experienced or heard about the excesses that some people have? And we say, well, that's not for me. Actually, what we're saying, if we've got enough of the Holy Spirit, we're saying we've got enough of God. Who can have enough of God? You still with me, church? See, I want, I want us to ch be challenged on our first Sunday to step forward into 2022 with a spirit and a sense of adventure. Too many of us want to go on a bear hunt without the chance of seeing any bears. 1 Corinthians 1, 
verse 7 to 9. It's not going to come up on the screen. That's my fault. But can I just say, for those of you that are followers of Christ, bring a Bible to church. At least bring your phone and have the app on it. Don't turn up to a fight without a weapon. 1 Corinthians 1 verses 7 to 9 in the message says this. Just think. You don't need a thing. You've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. There is a spiritual adventure to be had. A shared life with Jesus is our adventure. Not turning up on a Sunday. There is more to life. There is more to the body of Christ than turning up on a Sunday. It is a spiritual adventure. Can you imagine sharing life in real, real time? Having Jesus sat here, I'd be slightly worried as I'm preaching, thinking, I wonder what he's thinking about what I'm saying. See, if we are sharing life with Jesus, it's not going to be boring. Yes, there may be frustrating times. There's going to be hard times. But it's not going to be boring. See, Jesus, having Jesus around, women were weeping over his feet. He had wars of words with the culture setters of the day, pulling money out of a fish's mouth and being beaten and crucified and feeding thousands of people. Jesus lived an adventurous life. What adventures are we having? Are we watching our favorite preacher on Christian TV and attending a Christian conference? Is that, is that the life of adventure that we've fallen to? Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. But that cannot be the height of our adventure of faith. There is more. Adventure doesn't start when we have all the uncertainties worked out. Adventure is, is about dealing with the uncertainties as they arise. I like to be prepared, but I'm prepared for what might happen. I don't have to know what will happen. When I went out on the snowmobile the other day, I was only going up the road on a trail that I could walk. I had a rope. I had my knife. I had a, a lighter. I had... Um, uh, an emergency blanket. I had a first aid kit. Just in case. There's a nice, there's a nice sign. On the, as you head off into this, the snowmobile trail. It says active bear. I was showing the kids that. Getting them frightened. And then I did say to them. Bears do sleep during the winter. But there you go. But you see. We can be prepared. But we can't work out everything. Don't involve the problem-solving process in the decision-making process. Decide we're going to go on this adventure. We can solve the problems as long as we're prepared to know that there are going to be problems. We're not called to live a safe life. We trust in the things that often make us feel secure. 
our pension fund, our career path, our relationships, our education, our status. Now, not one of those things is wrong. There is not a problem with one of those things. They're not bad. They're actually all very good. But when we put our trust in them, they become our problem. Psalm 20 Verse 7 says this, some trust in chariots and some in horses. Those were the traditional, I guess, shows of strength. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. What are you trusting in? What are you trusting in, church? Are you trusting in your pension fund? Are you trusting in your job security? Or are you trusting in the name of the Lord? So we're not called to trust in those traditional things that make us feel secure. But nor are we called to live afraid. We're not called to live afraid of COVID. We're not called to live afraid of a vaccine or of people or of a government or of media or of change or of end times. You see, we're not called to live afraid. Two Timothy one verse seven, which is a really well known verse, says that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. If you are living, if we, as individuals, but if we as the church are living in fear, then it is not from God. There is caution, yes. There is sound sense, yes. But we are not called to live afraid. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. A reasoned, disciplined mind. That is what faith is. Stepping into the unknown, trusting in God, it's what pleases Him. If we are bored with our faith, then it is not faith. Stop wanting to kill Goliath when you're not prepared to start with the bear or the lion. In fact, can I say this as well? For those of you that know the story, the account of David, some of us imagine ourselves as David and we want to be the giant slayers, but we're not prepared to take the bread and cheese and make the sandwich for those that are fighting. That's all David did. That's how he started out. You see, serving those that were fighting was not beneath him. That's why he ended up killing the Goliath. The disciples sailed and traveled around Asia and Europe planting churches, but they spent three years serving Jesus in the backside of nowhere. Jesus, I believe, is here to take us out of our safe cages and call us to live a life of faith and Holy Spirit adventure. See, he, he, he himself set, his, set aside his safe life, his contained life, a place of favor next to his father. Philippians 2, 1 to 8. says this, you, your attitude, attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. We we should have the same attitude, the same thoughts, the same culture, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, 
taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. See, think of it this way. Jesus had not experienced human form. He stepped out of his safety, his place of favor, his equality with God. He stepped out of it and into a place of containment, but adventure. Into a place where he knew what he was going to have to go through. Death, crucifixion, rejection, betrayal. He stepped out of that place of favor and into that place of trusting his father. Do we have that same nature? Can we say that we are stepping out of our place of safety? Do we have that same attitude? We've been given a mission. We often heard people say, what, what's, what does God want me to do? Well, if you're with God, he'll direct you. But we've been given a mission. Make disciples. Do you know what making disciples is? Making disciples is this. Make people like us as we are like Jesus. We represent him in our world. That's our mission. Find people. Help them open up to Jesus. Then make them like us as we are like him. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's a message for a different time, but I will come back to that. And we have Christ at the center of everything we do. Yes, we get distracted. Yes, we get discouraged. Yes, we get diverted and all sorts of things. But we come back to who, not what, who is our center and that is Jesus. So we have a daily encounter with the body. Not just going to church, but being community. See, unlike, unlike Tim Bloom's wilderness hunting... We don't do this faith adventure alone. In the Bible, as you read through particularly the New Testament, it, it says, it uses the phrase one another. Are we doing the one another's, caring for one another, discipling one another, challenging one another, submitting to one another, serving one another, honoring one another, bearing one another's burdens, in honor preferring one another, encouraging one another, loving one another. He says, we... As we do the what you can't do those by yourself. You can't honor someone by yourself. This is a community thing that we do together. So we encounter the community. We encounter the Holy Spirit. Be being filled. Not a one-time experience, but a constant flow, like a, like a river. Using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Showing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We have an encounter with the body. We have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And we have an encounter with the word. Getting to know Jesus through his word. When was the last time you had to live in faith? When you thought only God can get me through this. Now I know that in this community and maybe even online. I'm speaking to one or two people. And Dee mentioned a couple of them earlier dealing with, dealing with cancer. 
want a, a fairly early diagnosis and someone else has been dealing with it a long time. And their life is only God can get me through this. What about the rest of us? What are we stepping into? Where are we, where are we moving into adventure where we are in that position of only God can get me through this? The greatest adventures are found off the beaten track. I love skiing and snowboarding. And the last time I was in Canada and skied, skied through this incredible, was at Lake Louise, and skied through the trees, and it was snowing and in deep powder. It wasn't on the nicely groomed, easily accessible piece. But the greatest adventures are found off the beaten track. The adventure is the journey, not the destination. Can I ask you, going back to the encounter with the Word of God, what adventures are you taking? Are we taking in the Word of God? Are you trying to complete a daily reading plan or getting to know Jesus through your travels in His Word? See, Everything is right. I, um, I read through the Bible every year. I try and read it in different versions. And I think the last, last year I did, uh, I listened to it, which was a different experience. But it, it can become difficult. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel can have some, just do your head in at times. But I've been asking myself, how has this helped me know Jesus better? How does this help me trust him more? Not just ticking the box on my version reading plan. How is this helping me? Know? Believe me, that doesn't happen every day. So I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm awesome. I'm trying to say, this, it gets tough at times. Leviticus, you're just going, what the heck? How is this helping me? Love Jesus. God, reveal yourself through your word. Take me on an adventure in this encounter with your word. When was the last time you had your adrenaline pumping because of your walk with Jesus? As a church, I, I, I want us to be adventurous. Canada is the land of adventure. You see, when I'm in the UK, and if I preach this message in the UK, I'd have to explain what the wilderness was. Most of you know what the wilderness is. We walk out the front door and it feels like the wilderness here. We know what the wilderness is physically, but when are we going on an adventure with our faith? Imagine, imagine if we knew that we didn't have to go hunting or snowmobiling in the wilds of Canada for adventure. Now, I'm not going to stop doing that, just so you know. But that's not my only place of adventure. Our adventure should be engaging with His church, His Word, His Holy Spirit. That should bring us adventure. We can live life to the full here and now. In your family, in your workplace, in your school or university. We have a faith adventure. As the Alliance, our denomination, our overarching denomination, they have several 
I guess, taglines, but one of them is being mission-focused, spirit-empowered, and Christ-centered. That's adventure. As I finish, in a moment, I want to go back to a message that I preached just before Christmas and double down, really, on a simple thought. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can feel safe in our living room. We can feel safe doing church. But doing that doesn't need God. Stepping out on adventure, inviting our friends to church, speaking to them about our faith in a society that we live in now, which holds no regard for faith, really. Part of that is an adventure. We're stepping out. Yes, it's a bit, but we, are we stepping out? Can we do that? And in those moments, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Don't put your trust in the material things. Be content. Be content because God will never leave us or forsake us. He says it in the Old Testament. God wants to make sure that we know this. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will always be there. And he died to protect us. Not to make us safe. Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us in our success. He's with us in our failure. He's with us in our celebration. He's with us in our sorrow and grief. He's with us in the promised land. He's with us in our wilderness. Psalm 23 says he's our comfort in the valley of the shadow of death. He's the restorer of my soul. His goodness and love are Emmanuel, God with us all the days of our lives. He walks through the fire with us. He walks through the water with us. He walks through our triumphs and our tragedies with us. He's with us on the bear hunt. Don't stop when we get to the grass, the snow, the mud, the trees, the cave. Because God is with us. Let me finish with this verse again. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. What's his name? Emmanuel. God with us. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word. Lord, I pray that we, we would have the spirit of adventure, the spirit of the pioneer within our church, within our lives. I pray, God, that we will live by faith, not by sight. I pray that we won't settle for comfort when you want to challenge us. Pray that we won't be the ship in the harbor when you want to journey with us. I pray at the beginning of 2022 that we make a faith declaration that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You will walk through the fire. You will walk through the water with us. 
whatever this year holds, whether it's more restrictions, more lockdowns or less, we will not be defined by fear or confined by fear. Our faith declaration is that we have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, amen.